0: happy Tuesday everybody welcome back into locked on balls we have a whole lot to get into today catching up from what we and myself really has missed from this past weekend we got transfer portal visits we had one commit uh, one class of 2023d commits another player another transfer portal plus all your questions it's a loaded up Tuesday edition of locked on balls you are locked on balls your daily podcast on the Tennessee volunteers part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome into it your Tuesday edition of the show, Locked On Balls and I'm your host Eric Kane. So glad that you guys elected to come back and join us here on Locked On Balls. Can't thank you enough. It's been a really, really busy weekend for me. I uh, appreciate you guys for uh, your patience. didn't have a show yesterday. I uh, had a lot going on. A lot of you guys reached out to me. I got married over the weekend. So, thank you to all those well wishes. Uh, honeymooning in January, later on in January. So, it's a busy week. Work. Uh, <laughs> you had to come back and work this week, but uh, we're excited to go to Cabo down in mid-January. We can't freaking wait for that. But uh, to everybody that wished me and uh, my new bride, uh, congratulations. And uh, well wishes all that. We can't thank you enough for that. But hey, show goes on, baby. There's plenty to discuss. We're going to catch up on everything that I missed and maybe you have missed from over the weekend. And then in segments two and three, we're going to get into your questions. All that and more right here uh, for a mailbag edition Twitter Tuesday, Locked on Vols. Again, I'm your host. I work over at VolQuest.com. That's the on three site for uh, Tennessee. And of course, I host this podcast five days a week. Hey, we were the number one rated Tennessee Volunteers podcast out there. I uh, came out there, I tweeted it, uh, I think it was on Saturday, I, I, I put it out there and uh, kind of shared that news. And a, a lot of us in the Locked On family were awarded number one in terms of their, you know, team that they cover uh, podcasts in, in the country. And I think that's awesome. This is from uh, Feedspot. Uh, they put out a, a list of top 15 best Tennessee Volunteers podcasts each and every year. And for 2022, Locked On Balls was number one. And again, as I always say literally could not do it without you guys so I wanted to make that announcement and thank you as always for your support of the show uh 6k by Christmas Day we're a little behind we might extend that to New Year's Day but let's go ahead and keep that up there on YouTube if you would please just go ahead and hit that like button subscribe and of course it's wherever you find your audio uh podcast is podcast as well okay so plenty to discuss here for Tennessee football and the transfer portal uh, and in terms of uh, recruiting, 2023, first a commit via the transfer portal. Uh, Tennessee gained the commit of Andre Carrick. He is an offensive tackle from Texas. Um, he was a sophomore this past year, so he'll have multiple years uh, to play. And he's six foot five, three hundred and six pounds, and he's a little bit smaller. Um, I know some of you guys were asking me questions why I said that uh, Larry Johnson the third, the junior college commit for the class of 2023. I think I said on another podcast that I view him more as a guard than I do a tackle, and a lot of people were kind of wondering why I said that. And and again, this is me. I made that comment about Larry Johnson having never seen him play, having never seen him in person. That was just a comment off the cuff. Six um, foot seven, three hundred sixty-five pounds is what he's listed at. Um, if you're north of three fifty, you it, it's very difficult to play tackle in this offense. Um, you can lose that weight. Darnell Wright lost that weight. He was like three fifty-five plus at one point in time. I think it was when Heupel first came in that offseason in 2021. He dropped all the way down to 330. Also, Darnell Wright's a little bit of a different animal. I mean, he's going to be a mid-round draft pick, and uh, he's really, really good. So um, it can be done. I'm just saying pl- playing tackle in this offense at 350-plus is not impossible, but it's hard to do. So we'll see what Larry Johnson kind of translates into. I think that there's a lot there, and he carries that weight well because it, he has a six foot seven frame. Uh, but for a guy like Andre uh, Carrick, you know, I, I like his makeup. He's lighter, about three hundred pounds. He can he have, he can afford to put on some more weight. Six foot five. Um, he, I believe, he was a four star rated prospect out of high school. Um, yeah, he was a four star rated prospect out of high school, and he appeared in all twelve games this season. But he was a kind of a reserve player. There was a freshman Kelvin Banks that took that spot at one at right tackle, and so he was the second option there, likely on PAT and field goal teams and all that. Uh, but I mean, with Banks being a freshman, being beneath him in the cycle and playing over him, he decided to enter the transfer portal. He had a, a ton of offers and a ton of interest. He visited Tennessee over this weekend and made it official on Monday via his Instagram. Andre Carrick has committed to Tennessee. That means Tennessee now has three commits via the transfer portal and Charles Campbell, a kicker from Indiana. Uh, you've got McAllen Castles, the tight end from UC Davis, and now you've got Andre Carrick, um, who is committed uh, via an offensive tackle from Texas? So Tennessee did some work there over the weekend. Now there is another offensive tackle commit that Tennessee is very much in on, and Tennessee covets very, very much. His name is AJ Cornel- Cornelius. Um, he is the offensive tackle from Rhode Island. He stands in at about six foot six. Hold on, I'll get that. I'll get that officially here. He's at six foot four, three hundred fifteen pounds. And this is really kind of the first time he's gone through the recruiting process again i'm sure there are fine people up there at at rhode island but it's a bit of a different animal whenever tennessee is involved and sec teams are involved and your four finalists again he's going to commit on wednesday said in that announcement he'll commit on wednesday at six o'clock eastern time and he will do that on his facebook and instagram pages but it's coming down between Tennessee, Ohio State, Nebraska, and Oregon. He visited Nebraska and Oregon earlier on in this cycle. He committed. He visited. Excuse me. Tennessee over the weekend, and he left Knoxville to go to Ohio State. Those are the four teams involved for AJ Cornelius. And uh, there's a lot to like here. I mean, whenever you're again, you're you're, you're battling these prospects and these um these recruits and your transfers from the Alabama's, the Georgia's, the Ohio State's. I mean, that, that says a lot about where your program is right now if you're the University of Tennessee. So Tennessee very much has an off the tackle committed in this class. Would like to add another one, A.J. Cornelius. We'll see what he decides on Wednesday after coming off a visit um, over this weekend. So those are some transfer portal uh, visits and, and, and stuff regarding Tennessee, especially on the the tackle. Uh, what about a guy who left Tennessee from the class of 2022? Uh, Jordan Phillips, defensive tackle from Florida. He was on the team as a true freshman in 2022, and uh, he redshirted, so he has four years of eligibility remaining, a former four-star. He entered the transfer portal on Monday, and um, he's a guy Tennessee kind of had to watch out for. I think Florida was coming in trying to you know, with the new recruiting staff and the new uh, support staff and obviously the new head coach and Billy Napier tried to get him tried to sway him back to Florida. But he stayed committed to Tennessee and he actually practiced for bowl practice in Knoxville last year as well. Um, but he entered the uh, transfer portal on Monday. Jordan Phillips, a former four star prospect for the University of Tennessee at defensive tackle. All right. So we got another one as well. Um Tennessee uh a D commit from the class of 2023 and four-star safety Sylvester Smith I like Sylvester Smith um as you know valkwest.com uh it, it's uh our old old platform is at Rivals new platform having a blast over at on three now um Rivals had him very highly rated some of the other programs had him kind of lower rated but he was still anywhere you look I mean he was a top 200 prospect right um, one of the better players in the state of Alabama, and that was always a name. He, along with Ricky Gibson, were always names that says, hey, Tennessee's got to watch out for whoever's going to be the new coach at Auburn, uh, whoever's going to come in and, and try to turn that thing around, and so as soon as Hugh Freeze was hired, you know they, they started attacking some of the better prospects in the state of Alabama. Sylvester Smith was one of those guys. Interestingly enough, at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game for high school prospects, Uh, Sylvester Smith spoke to an on three rep and um, that on three rep sent me the audio and I wrote a story and put it up at volquest.com. And it was essentially Sylvester Smith saying, Hey, I'm good with Tennessee. I plan on signing with Tennessee. Nothing has changed. Sure. There are other teams and programs who are reaching out to me, but you know, my plan is to sign with Tennessee. That was last weekend. That was last weekend. And it just kind of goes to show you how fast and how furious this things, these things can change in recruiting. Justin Williams, Thomas was all but going to West Virginia, was a commit to West Virginia, and then Tennessee got in there in the last week or two. Tennessee got Tyree West on National Signing Day. Tennessee got James Pierce on National Signing Day. So all these things can move in a hurry the closer you get to National Signing Day. And Hugh Freeze and uh, the Auburn staff have gotten the flip of Sylvester Smith, a four-star prospect, safety for Tennessee. I like Sylvester Smith. I really, really did. I liked him more than the other two commits at safety for Tennessee and Jack Luttrell and John Slaughter. Tennessee now has five defensive back commits, three corners, and now two safeties. Uh, but Sylvester Smith does flip from Tennessee to Auburn. All right, so that's some football things that we might have missed throughout the weekend. Um, Tennessee also a hard-fought basketball game coming short, uh, coming up short on the road at number nine Arizona, seventy-five to seventy. was the final score? Again, defense. Something safe to say: this Tennessee defense is really, really good. The Cincinnati offense is still very much a work in progress. Zakai Ziegler had a really, really good game. Olivia Cumwa had a really, really good game. Those guys went eight for eleven, and three for six from three point range. Those were uh, Zakai Ziegler's numbers. Cumwa was seven of twelve from the floor, two of four from three point range. The rest of the team was twelve for forty from the floor and three of seventeen from three point range. So Ziegler had a good game. Cumwa had a good game. Um, But offensively, that was about all it was. Josiah Jordan-James didn't play in this basketball game as he continues to be in and out of the lineup with some knee soreness, which is really unfortunate. Uh, Tennessee's defense played well. It held Arizona uh, to 17 points below its season average, Uh, but Tennessee does come up short. I think it's some growing pains, some learning lessons. It was a hard-fought game. Tennessee made quite a comeback and, and really almost won that thing on the road. But Tennessee beat Arizona last year on its home court, Arizona beat Tennessee this year on its home court at 75 to 70. So now Tennessee's what 11 and 2, 10 and 2, something like that. Tennessee's still in good position because this defense is going to keep them in a lot of ball games, but they've got to find some answers offensively. There's no doubt about that. All right, so we got plenty more to get into right here on Locked On Vols, and can't wait to do that. We're going to take your questions in segments 2 and 3, but first I'll remind you guys about a proud sponsor of this podcast, that is LinkedIn Jobs. Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job, use the purple hashtag hiring frame Uh, to let LinkedIn spread the word about who you're trying to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one and delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Hey everybody, welcome back into it to your Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. We take your questions, little Twitter Tuesday, every single Tuesday right here on the show. So appreciate you guys for getting him in there. I know I didn't really open it up a long time for you guys to get in questions this week. Sorry. I've been a bit a little bit, been a little bit busy. Had to also find a creative time to record on Monday, but we did get in about eight of your questions. Really, really do appreciate that. We'll take more next week for sure. Uh, Let's go ahead and kick this thing off. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel wants to know, Um, With the surge of football, baseball, and the basketball teams, do we feel there could be an uptick in recruiting, even though we have a down year in the next couple uh, because of the continued success, it'll stay strong? Um, Okay, so I think what you're trying to say is even if Tennessee football takes a step back next year, which is going to be expected, you're losing the Blitnikoff Award winner, in my opinion, a Heisman finalist. It's Cedric Tillman, arguably one of the best players on the team. Um, You're losing those guys, so I mean, you're you're probably going to go back from ten regular season wins to, you know, maybe eight or nine. That's a conversation for another day, Uh, but nonetheless, with the continued success of Tennessee all across the board with recruiting, will recruiting keep up? I think it will. I mean, Tennessee is in a a really good spot right now. You know, per the uh, the on three rankings, Tennessee's what's it's a top ten team. Or it's actually number 11 right now nationally. It was a top 10 team. It jumped up to number eight, and then the, the, the D commit from Sylvester Smith still has 24 total commits, has three transfer target commits uh, via the portal. I think that because Tennessee is such an attractive place, and it really helps too when you have guys like Josiah Jordan James and guys like on the baseball team uh in years past, like Jordan Beck and, and Drew Gilberts, and of course the football team, and it's it's really just kind of like one place. It's it's all of all. It's it's all Tennessee. It's a very attractable place. Plus, let's not let's not lie here, it's a good place for uh, you know, name image likeness opportunities here in Knoxville, Tennessee because of the continued support and passion of this fan base. So Um, yeah, even if Tennessee takes maybe a step back to, you know, a couple wins last year or or, uh, take away a couple wins from this year to next year in terms of a quote unquote rebuilding year, I don't expect recruiting to slow down whatsoever. Again, you know, what's that number in terms of wins for Tennessee in 2023? That is a episode for another day. Uh, but I don't expect it to be 10 because again, you're losing so much, but I think recruiting will kind of stay where it's at. Daniel appreciate the, uh, the question there. Let's go to Taylor. In your mind what uh in your mind what from this football season was most consequential for the future of this program either good or bad good question really good question um you can go a number of different areas in this but you know I'll, I'm a glass half full guy glass half full guy so why don't we say beating Alabama um I mean 15 years is way too long to lose to your rival you could you could also throw in you know Florida in that conversation I know Tennessee beat Florida back in 2016 but I mean, Tennessee's lost to Florida 16 the last 17 years before this year. Tennessee lost to Alabama 15 straight years, Um, you know, entering that October the 15th this year, the third Saturday in October. So for me, I would say it's Alabama because not only did you snap the streak, but you proved to the entire country that not only has Tennessee improved under Josh Heupel, but you're a national contender right now. I mean, I left Neyland Stadium that night once I finally got out of the mob from on the field. When I was down there shooting video, I left Neyland Stadium. There and I was saying Tennessee could win a national championship this year, and I I couldn't even fathom myself saying that back in August or July. Um, but to that point, Tennessee had beaten Florida. Tennessee got on the road, beat Pittsburgh. Tennessee had beaten Florida. Tennessee had stomped LSU on the road, and then you beat Alabama the way you beat or I, not the way you beat Alabama. You won on last second field goal, but you beat Alabama with the Heisman Trophy, uh, reigning Heisman Trophy quarterback that looked all world that day. I think that was the biggest thing because number one you stop the streak, you beat your rival, you improved to what 6-0 at that point or whatever it was, but also it proved to yourself and proved to people like me and a lot of people like you out there that Tennessee can win a national title right now. So for that reason alone I'll say Alabama, I thought it was uh thought it was really I thought that was a really really critical win for Tennessee this season and I think it's one that can stick with Tennessee, you know, moving forward for the, moving forward for the years. Alright, let's go to Adam Collins. My question is, how's married life? Congrats, my man. Adam, appreciate you, dude. It's been great. It's been great so far. Glad to follow in guys like yours footsteps who got married a long time ago. Better late than never, right? Adam, old Carson Newman friend, listener of the show. Appreciate you, buddy. Let's go to Ethan. In your opinion, do you think we see Wesley Walker stick it out this upcoming season? I feel like we got a little clip of how good he can be. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I like Wesley Walker. I thought he should have played safety a whole lot more. Um, let's see what his role is for this orange bowl. Again, Tennessee's ride or die with McCullough and flowers back there. Flowers did miss the last game of the regular season against Vanderbilt, but I believe he's going to be ready to go for the orange bowl. That this will be his last Tennessee football game ever. Uh, it's hard to believe that he wouldn't start this game. I know Wesley Walker's played a ton at star position as well, but I think seeing what he did against Vanderbilt and seeing like potentially that could be what we roll out there, uh, if, you know, for the secondary for Tennessee next year, you know, we'll see. I thought at one point in time maybe he wants to hit the transfer portal. But if you do that, I mean, you're looking at three different stops, you know, when it's all said and done. He's got family here. He's from Tennessee. So as of right now, I think that he will stick around and I think he'll be a big time player for Tennessee in the secondary uh, next football season. All right, last one for this segment. We will go to c los any word on the oc tied in coaching search are there any top candidates for tight end coach if halsey gets promoted when do you think coach josh heupel will make that announcement dude it's been really really quiet on that front i mean it's been really quiet on that front you went from you know trying to hit the road recruiting 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 last little visit to 2023 now you're into bowl practice and you've got all that to worry about you've got national signing day this week uh, you got transfers coming in and out i mean I'm not saying Josh Heupel's not thought of it. I'm not saying Josh Heupel probably hadn't been working behind the scenes. I'm not saying Josh Heupel doesn't have his list or has spoken with people. But to my knowledge, it's been really, really quiet on this front. I would expect some type of announcement to come, you know, maybe before the bowl game, maybe, maybe next week. Um, But if not, probably after the bowl game, because, you know, signing day will be over with by then point by that point. Um, the bulk of your commitments out of the transfer portal will be done by that point. Not all of them, but the bulk will be done by that point. So check that the orange bowl has already been played. Check that. It's like, okay, you're checking off all these things. It's like, okay, I need to go get a coach in now. So, you know, we'll see. I don't think he's in any hurry right now. And I don't think that there's the urgency that would normally be there because again, this is Josh Hypel's system. Now I think Brent hub said this on the ball Quest pod last week, or maybe two weeks ago, if Todd Munkin left Georgia, It would be a little bit different because kirby is not an offensive coach you would have to come in and bring in even if you had the same similar style of offense you you would still have to come in and 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 find a guy to be new different terminology and play calls and all that type of stuff i mean this is josh heupel's offense so for him he's very selective because this is his baby but also like the urgency is not there if you're an offensive prospect or maybe an offensive target from the portal because it's like i'm coming to play for josh heupel whoever he hires to call plays or coach tight ends will be calling or and or running the plays that are his and, and again Josh Heupel may call the plays promote Joey Halsey give him that tag and they go hire a tight ends coach I think that's likely the case in the course of action here but that's why I don't think there's such an urgency plan right now so we'll see exactly when that is being made I don't think he's in very much uh very much a hurry to make this call but Again, things can happen in the in the blink of an eye, so we will see. Uh, we'll continue to take your questions right here on Locked On That is coming up next, right here on the show. But first, a question, or excuse me, a, uh, a statement from our friends over at the NHTSA. Uh, Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every single state, even in states where marijuana is legal. This means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. And your friends can tell too. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think the law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving impaired? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're really not. Because bottom line, if you feel a difference, You drive different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high and you'll get a DUI paid for by the NHTSA. All right, guys, one more segment left. Twitter Tuesday when you take over the show right here on Locked On Vols. Appreciate all the questions you guys have already been sending in. Let's head on over to Alex's question. Who on the offensive side of the ball is most likely to hit the transfer portal after bowl game? and or spring practice it's a good question because it's ever um it's ever evolving right especially when you say after spring practice because you can make it through this first window and someone you thought you know maybe would enter the portal or whatever and and didn't end up doing it maybe they're waiting on spring practice to see how those 15 practices go how that month-long process is and where they stack up at the end of the orange and white game if they don't like where they are they'll jump in the portal in that second window if they like where they're at, then potentially they'll stay here. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Tennessee, you know, as I mentioned, had Jordan Phillips into the transfer portal on Monday. Um, I think there'll be some other guys who might wait until after the Orange Bowl uh, to go ahead and jump in the portal. Um, you know, there's – haven't heard a whole lot of chatter about anybody, but you just kind of have to go and, and look at the roster and look at some of those guys who have multiple years left and look at some of those guys and where they've they, they've stacked up. I mean, again, haven't heard anything, but what's a guy like – um like Walker Merrill wanted to do. I think he provides a lot. I think he's good in the slot. He's learned how to play outside receiver. He's come in and been productive, but he's been productive in blowout games, right? Uh, had a couple of touchdowns earlier in the season. Had a touchdown against Vanderbilt uh, with Tennessee really lucky, loving Chaz Nimrod on the outside, obviously squirrel wide in the slots, uh, bringing in some, some other receivers that they're high on, like Nathan Laycock and potentially Cam Seldon at wide receiver. Kind of where does Walker Merrill stack up? Uh, maybe guys like him or... Um, some of these other guys who have already entered the transfer portal, I I predicted would like the Jimmys, Holiday, Callaway, Miles Campbell, who just never turned out here. So, you know, we'll see. So, in terms of offensive end, I mean, maybe a guy like Walker Merrill. Um, I don't see any running back darting for the portal because they all play. Um, offensive line. I mean, what, what about some of these uh, these veterans on the offensive line, like a like a William Parker, like an R.J. Perry? I think it's evident that those guys. Um, to my knowledge, are are probably never going to be every down players here at Tennessee. You know, they're they're even different from guys like Dane Davis, who I think has an incredibly important role in this football team. He started games, he's played big time roles for Tennessee each of the past two years, but he's not in that every that that every down five starting offensive lineman. Dane Davis has a huge role in this team. Ollie Lane is another one just like that. Jackson Lampley, I talk about that trio all the time. They're different than what William Parker and R.J. Perry are. So, what about some of those guys, the 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 latter two, Parker and Perry? You know, what do they decide to do? I mean, I, I just kind of look at it like that without hearing any rumblings or anything like that. Just kind of looking at who, who some of these veterans are on the team and, and how much they played and, and, and do they think that there might be an opportunity moving forward. So, as always, we will have to see. Let's go to Brennan. Brennan says, uh, could you see either Mincy or Crawford slotting over to play the right side next year to fill Darnell right spot since they split time about right down the middle? Or do you see another starter coming in and stepping in? Well, Tennessee's obviously shown it's been active in the transfer portal, trying to find an offensive tackle. Um, with the commitments of um, of uh, Andre, uh, gosh, I forgot his name already. With the addition of Andre Carrick on Monday, you know, is he going to come in and be an automatic starter? I don't know. Uh, Tennessee's also so after AJ Cornelius, who's going to set a who set his commitment date for Wednesday at six o'clock Eastern time. So. I think it's pretty evident Tennessee wants some more offensive tackles, but also there's only three offensive tackles on the on the roster right now who have ever seen any action, that being Gerald Mincy, J.J. Crawford, and, and Dane Davis. So Tennessee is very weak at offensive tackle, especially in terms of veteran experience. So I think that there's a need there. You need to go get depth no matter what, but also some of these guys can come in here and see what they got. Gerald Mincy it was never a guarantee that he was going to be a starter for Tennessee, but he came in after an up-and-down spring because he dealt with some injury. He proved in battle, then he won that job in in fall camp, and that job came down to the wire. I thought for the longest time, J.J. Crawford was going to be the team's starting left tackle, Um, and he played a lot. Don't get me wrong. Again, we went over the numbers last week, according to Pro Football Focus, those guys split the left tackle spot in terms of snap count, like directly right down the middle almost. One was at 407, the other was at 405, so we will see. J.J. Crawford can play right tackle. He played right tackle in the Music City Bowl last year. He came in and spilled Cade Mays when he was injured, and and he, along with Dane Davis, worked to fill in that gap on the right side in 2021. Gerald Menzi, to my knowledge, cannot play on the right side. He is only a left tackle. So uh, can they split those two guys up and those two guys be your starting offensive tackles next year? It can happen, absolutely. Will the influx in Carrick and potentially another offensive tackle provide some competition and something to think about over spring practice and fall camp? Absolutely. I think that uh, one of the two, Mincy and Crawford, will be a starter, potentially both of them. But um, there might be a new face in that starting five and, you know, lots to be seen there. Let's go to Josh. we got two more questions here. Josh wants to know, is it a good or bad? The National Signing Day will be pretty anticlimactic. I always think it's going to be a good thing. Again, I know Tennessee had a decommit this week, and I said last week that as of as of that time, it looked like Tennessee was going to hold on to all of its commits. But again, things change. Um, things can change between now and Wednesday for sure. But I mean, Tennessee has 15 early enrollees that are already in bowl, in bowl practices. Um, all those guys will be announced at the same time on Wednesday. You know, so um, so much of the hay is already in the barn. This is so much different from what it used to be in terms of National Signing Day in February being like a national holiday. I know a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people miss that, and that's fair. I still think it's a good thing that Tennessee, it might be an anticlimactic um, signing day because last year Tennessee was in on Tyree West. Tennessee was in on James Pierce. Tennessee was in on Justin Williams-Thomas down to the end, but and it made for a pretty pretty climactic National Signing Day. Tennessee's not just you know in, in some of those anymore. Tennessee got... Um, Tennessee got Aaron Carter last week in terms of the commit, and he's he's practicing, you know, on campus right now. That was pretty big. So in my opinion, I think it's a good thing. It's nothing to worry about. Hayes in the barn. You're moving on. These guys are already here and practicing and all that. But I do understand that it takes a little bit of the, the the funness. Funness is that a word? It takes a little bit of the fun away from a national signing day. But I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing. Tennessee's going to finish with a good class, and uh, Tennessee's going to add to its current roster via the transfer portal last one goes to Eric strong name what is the best part of your job Ooh, I love this question love this question I always say hey Tennessee football recruiting basketball baseball you know questions well team news all that and more we answer those right here on Locked On Balls but if you guys want to ask me any question whatsoever just holler at me um I know some college students and a lot of people um, at college age that want to jump in this industry have often shot me some DMS and asked me personal questions uh, about how to go about this job. At any time y'all want to know anything, just holler. I love what I do. I freaking love it. I in my opinion have the best job in the world because I get to get behind a camera, talk in front of a microphone about something I'm passionate about and that's that's football. Something I've grown to love, that's recruiting. Um I get to do that every day and I get to make money off that. And, and, and you know, continuing to grow this show allows me to make even more money and I I love that. Um it's a huge time commitment. I could not do this without that monetary benefits that's that's for sure but I'm so blessed that I can and do that I love writing I love reporting I call in the radio stations and do live reports every day during football season uh back when I was you know doing morning radio it was one of my other jobs I did morning reports and I, I reported on Tennessee football it's a blast I love to um I love to write columns and articles on on what I think about a certain subject and I love it all but my favorite part Truly, my favorite part of doing all that stuff with Vault Quest and Locked On Vaults, all that, is just keeping it simple. I do some of this work for Vault Quest as well, but I love sitting behind a microphone, talking into that microphone, allowing my personality to come out, and and hopefully by the end of a, a podcast or a live YouTube show or you know a two minute drill, whatever the case may be, I hope that you weren't bored. I hope that you were entertained, but most importantly. I hope that you took something away from it. Now, are you going to learn something every single episode? I hope that's the case. I mean, I don't consider myself a teacher, but I hope you leave your locked-on Vols or your Quest experience by Eric Kane Having learned a little bit more about the subject matter, which is Tennessee football recruiting, that's my hope. But also, I, I want to keep you coming back. I want to keep you entertained. I want to... Um, I just want to continue this relationship so sitting behind a microphone talking is my passion i've thrown the camera in there in the last year and i've, I've grown to love that as well i do tv work for rivalry thursday we used to do a simulcast radio and television show television show at one. the sports animal i like being in front of the camera but my passion is sitting behind a microphone talking about football i love it and giving my opinions on football it, it, it's just an absolute blast so Eric. Thanks for asking that, man. It's a really, really good question. And again, strong, strong name. That'll do it here for this edition of Locked On Vols. Every single weekday morning, except yesterday, for about 30, 35 minutes, get you up to date on the biggest news surrounding Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball, Tennessee recruiting. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day. Check out Locked On Sports today. Game recaps, take of the day, all that and more. Make Locked On Sports today your second listen right behind Locked On Balls. Don't forget 6K by Christmas Day. We got some work to do. 6K by Christmas Day. Like this video on YouTube and please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Same time, same place. Let's do it tomorrow. This is Locked On Balls.